4: Welcome back to Check the Locks Podcast. As always, I'm John Connor.
3: I'm Olivia Cornu.
4: Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying true crime case. Olivia, before we get started, I'm sure that you can hear it, but my throat feels like it has been ripped out of my body by the devil himself, like it's been rolled in glass and gravel, dipped in salt, and then placed back into my throat. So please, Olivia, listeners, Bear with me. I'm going to do the best that I can. But if this sounds uh, a little funky, just wanted to make sure I was letting you know why. It's uh, feeling under the weather, but going to make it through. How are you doing? My wonderful partner who I'm going to rely on so much in this episode.
3: (laughs) I'm doing really good, actually. But, you know, since I checked on you this afternoon until now, how you're describing your throat, I'm 100% convinced you have strep throat.
4: Well, I went to the doctor today and they looked. And they told me I had a fat tongue, but it didn't look like I had strep throat. So Did
3: you say, well, that's rude. I'm losing weight.
4: Yeah. I was like, I put my tongue on a treadmill 20 minutes a day. (laughs) So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the weather changing or what, but I've had a nasty cough and draining. Thank the Lord for a mute button. So listeners won't have to hear this disgusting cough, but we're going to make it through. And I'm really excited, even though I sound like death. Halloween is coming up. We have one of our favorite people in the whole world joining us next week for a special Halloween episode. Jessica Gomez is going to be here. But I thought it would be really fun if maybe we did some true crime cases that actually inspired horror films. And to see as we went through, if the listeners can figure it out, what case inspired what movie movie before we get to the end of the episode. So I know you have one prepared this week, but I thought it was really cool kind of getting the spooky season. How are you feeling about it?
3: Oh yeah, I'm excited. I hope that everyone, I wish there was a way to like tell a story and not talk about it and then make everyone like join the Facebook group and give us their answer so we can see what people say. It's like trivia for true crime. True crime trivia.
4: True crime, like movie trivia. I don't know. I just just thought it would be fun to, kind of do something a little bit different because I, I talk about it every October, but this is my favorite time of the year and just really like doing fun stuff with a podcast and stuff like that. So uh, I am aware of your story this week. I'm super excited to hear you break it down. Super excited to hear what the listeners think. Again, I want to spare everyone from having to listen to this beautiful Justin Timberlake, Barry White kind of thing I got going on right now. So I don't know if you just want to take it away, but I am really excited to get into it.
3: Yes. Again, I hate that you feel bad, but for one time before we go, I need you to say, (laughs) Kenny!
4: Oh, you mean (laughs) Kenny! Yes.
3: That's
4: in the blooper blooper reel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you'll know what we're talking about. And still, one of our our favorite reviews that we've ever read from old Kenny, so...
3: (laughs) It's not kidding. It's Kenny. Kenny.
4: Yeah, I can't do that anymore or else we won't be able to make it through this episode. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, let's just jump right in. Let's do it. In April 1990, siblings Ray and Marie Thornton were driving down a country road in Coldwater, Michigan. As they enjoyed the quiet drive, an older van sped up behind them quickly. The van rode their bumper closely before eventually zooming past them. This got the siblings' attention making note of the trailing vehicle being in quite the hurry. Now a little way down the road, the Thorntons were approaching an abandoned schoolhouse, and it was then that they noticed the same van parked on the side of the building. However, Marie observed something unsettling. The driver was holding what appeared to be a bloodstained sheet and walking towards the rear of the schoolhouse. Although Marie was taken aback, she was not entirely sure of what she had just witnessed. The pair, obviously shocked, knew they needed to contact the authorities. As they drove looking for a phone, they were startled again when the same vehicle appeared behind them. It continued to follow closely and trailed the Thorntons for a few miles before turning off on another road. Now Ray and Marie were curious and knew they needed the license plate number to report to the police. As they turned around to head back towards the van, they noticed the passenger door was open. Marie was shocked yet again. She saw that blood soaked the inside of the van's door panel. Meanwhile, the man was bent down behind the van and appeared to be changing the license plate. Ray and Marie quickly drove away and immediately phoned the Michigan State Police to share what they had witnessed. Now, the pair did not know what this man had done, but Michigan police were already on the lookout for the strange van. His name was Dennis Depew. Dennis was born in Michigan in 1943 and worked as a property assessor. In 1971, he married his wife, Marilyn. She was a school counselor in Coldwater, Michigan. The couple would later have three children, two girls, Julie and Jennifer, and one boy, Scott. Now, Marilyn and Dennis were having marital issues, and she felt that Dennis was becoming too controlling. She filed for divorce in early 1989, and it was finalized in December of that same year. In April of 1990, Dennis went to the house he used to share with his family to pick up the kids. Dennis and Marilyn agreed to joint custody during their divorce, so it was his time with the children. Now on that day, the kids did not want to go spend time with their father. Julie had refused to get into the car, which ignited a fight between all the kids and their father. Marilyn quickly jumped in to defend her children. And Dennis began yelling at Marilyn, accusing her of constantly turning the kids against him. And this is when things took a turn for the worst. Dennis pushed Marilyn down the stairs before proceeding to hit her repeatedly in front of their kids. Jennifer, the oldest daughter, ran to the neighbor's house to call the police. When she returned, Dennis told the children he was bringing their mother to the hospital. Sadly, Marilyn would never be seen alive again. Now with the Thorntons' reports of seeing a bloody sheet in car door, the police knew they must be looking for Dennis Depew and his ex-wife Marilyn. They were dispatched to the abandoned schoolhouse where Marie Thornton reportedly saw the man carrying the body. At the scene, detectives were able to obtain tire tracks and the bloody sheet. At this point, Dennis Depew was a wanted man. The next day, a highway worker notified police of a deceased woman's body lying near the road. Tragically, it was Marilyn Depew. Her body was discovered halfway between the schoolhouse and her home. She had been shot once in the back of the head. Police continued to search for Dennis, but had no luck. But oddly, Dennis would write several letters to family and friends. In these communications, he would try to justify his killing of his wife, stating, Marilyn had many, many opportunities to treat me fairly during this divorce, and she chose to string it out, trick me, lie to me, and when you lose your wife, children, and home, there's not much left. I was too old to start over. And contrary to his letters, he had in fact moved on and tried to start his life over. In Dallas, Texas, a woman named Mary had come home from work to see her boyfriend's van in the driveway. She thought this was odd as he usually stored it in the garage. Her boyfriend, Hank Queen, told her that he needed to leave right away as his mother was ill. And during the conversation, the TV was on in the background. On the screen was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And this particular episode was discussing Dennis Depew and the murder of his ex-wife. Mary was distracted by Hank. He had begun requesting that she make him food for the road as it was going to be a long trip. Hank quickly packed up his old 1980s van, said goodbye to Mary and drove away. And Mary would never see Hank again. Now one of Mary's friends was able to call into the hotline to report Hank Queen as Dennis Depew. Hours later, Louisiana State Police were able to identify the old van. A high-speed chase ensued, lasting for several miles. Eventually, police hit the back end of his van, blowing out his tires. When the vehicle finally came to a stop, Depew began shooting at the police before turning the gun on himself, bringing the manhunt and tragic story to a close.
1: Now, as I went through this story, there
3: might be some listeners who are thinking to themselves that this sounds familiar. So I know you read the notes, John. But for our audience members, I'm interested to know if you guys can relate to what movie this is based off of.
4: I definitely know. And I will give a hint to the listeners if they're listening. I think there's been like three or four of them now. It is. The first one is really good.
3: Maybe we shouldn't say it's based off of this. There's a scene that is based off of this.
4: Yeah. It kind of feels like someone heard this story and then kind of used this story to be like, what if Dennis DePew was like a supernatural monster instead of just like a man who murdered his wife? So I don't know. Do you want to tell them what it's from?
3: I don't know. Should we? I really don't want to, but we we will. We will. Let's tell them. I know. Okay. Now, the Thornton story um, was the inspiration for the opening scene of the hit horror film Jeepers Creepers.
4: Where'd you get those peepers? peepers. We don't Singing know the next right to with this music. Throat is <laughs> like...
3: But in the film, Justin Long and Gina Phillips play siblings who are tailgated by a strange vehicle only to witness a man dumping a body in a bloody sheet behind an old schoolhouse. So if you go back and watch the opening scene of Jeepers Creepers, you will see the story of Dennis DePew.
4: Yeah, it's crazy because as you went through the episode, you were talking about a specific episode of Unsolved Mysteries playing in the background. And if you watch that episode of Unsolved Mysteries and like the first like 10-15 minutes of Jeepers Creepers, it is almost identical.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: They make the truck way creepier in the movie. Um, and then, of course, like instead of it being Dennis Depew, it's the creeper that, you know, was trying to get him throughout the whole movie. But really crazy how this really tragic story of, you know, a man killing his ex-wife and divorce, how somebody could see that and then just be like, I'm going to create like a whole universe with this monster off it. It's just, it's weird how people's brains work or, how you can pull things for inspiration in those situations. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. And if people would have never like heard of this story, they wouldn't have known that that's what that was about. But when you look at them side by side, it is like the exact same scene, especially with the sheet and schoolhouse.
4: Yeah. We'll definitely put the links in the show notes. So if you want to go watch it, it is very interesting, but I don't know going through this. I mean, I feel like this has been a trend for the last couple episodes, even though like with this, we were trying to do something different, but it's that, murder by a spouse you know and like my parents are divorced. I remember being a teenager and like having to go to my dad's house and he lived like 40 minutes away some of my friends were there and like I didn't want to go and so I remember like having these arguments and stuff like that. so it does hit kind of close to home but you know just again like even when you're divorced like this is the father of your kids this is you know the person who helped you become a mother and kind of gave you this this thing that you love. And then for your life to be ended by that person, it's, it's really sad.
3: Yeah. And I mean, if you go back to it, if we're, you know, not bringing attention to Jeepers Creepers and really actually talking about the death of Marilyn, you know, he pushed her down the stairs and beat her in front of his children and then told his kids, Oh, I'm taking your mother to the hospital and then shot her in the back of the head. You know, how do those kids ever trust their father? They don't.
4: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing as the Adam chase case, you know what I mean? Where, Mm -hmm. you know, they had their, son Tristan in the house and you know meanwhile his dad was underneath the kiddie pool you know what I mean and this is Mm -hmm. your mom you know it's just it's hard to think or wrap your brain around like what kind of damage that does to a kid to see something like that unfold you know what I mean it's just it's sad you know and his life came to a violent end and again I think that's what the interesting thing with the Jeepers Creepers thing is is like this thing is just the story is just so sad in general Marilyn mm-hmm. lost her life, these kids lost a mother, ended up losing a father. And then it's just really interesting that somebody can take this seed and then build this whole like empire. Of,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah, it's very strange. But if we're talking Deadbolt tests, I mean, for me, again, you know, with the spouse stuff, it's always up there for me. I would probably put the actual story and thinking about, you know, what these kids saw and what this family endured. I mean, this would be an eight for me for sure. Mm-hmm, what I was gonna you? say
3: a, about a seven. You know, um, I go back to what he did to his not only his ex-wife, but to the mother of his children and what his three children had to go through and what they probably go through, you know, as adults because of the trauma that they've suffered. Um, if we're talking Jeepers Creepers, that, that movie creeps me out. and I can't watch it. I've seen it, I, but it's not one I play on repeat in October.
4: I really like Justin Long. Like, I think Justin Long is really funny. I think he's very charismatic. I have a hard time not watching him and stuff. The first Jeepers Creepers is really, it really gets under my skin. I felt like the rest of them were just, they get cheesier as they go, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the first one, I mean, it's definitely up there for me.
3: I'm not sure when I first watched it, but I used to, I think I was always kind of afraid of it because I used to ride the bus pretty far out to go to middle school, which would probably been about when this movie came out. And when he attacks the bus and the, you know, like the kids on the bus, I think I just, yeah, I think, well, I think I just have relations to that being like, we had this 20 minute bus ride out to the country, you know, this bus is in the middle of nowhere. And so, like I said, I can't figure out when I would have first seen this movie, but that is what my mind goes to. And I'm just like, no, me on a school bus as a young kid, the Jeepers Creepers man coming on top. No,
4: but no, I get that. I mean, I remember I worked at a meat market when I was like 15 And my job was to clean all the meat saws. So they would cut up like a whole pig or cow. And I'd have to go in and like clean the saw and sanitize everything. But they had giant meat hooks hanging in the freezer.
3: You need a trigger warning before this.
4: (laughs) Every time (laughs) I went in there, it was like the first thing I thought about was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh,
1: yeah. Where he
4: just like puts that. And I was like, no, it just did, you know. And I'm like in a totally safe space, you know. But it was still just you would see that hook hanging there. And it was just like. Chills automatically. So, well, that is our first Halloween-inspired tale for this week. Olivia's putting in a seven, I'm putting in an eight. But as always, we got to throw it out to our locksmiths. I learned that there's a lot of horror movie fans in the Facebook group. So I'm excited to hear what y'all think. But where does the murder of Marilyn DePew, the inspiration for Jeepers Creepers, where does it fall on your Dead Bull test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at CheckTheLocksPod. Find us on Twitter at CheckTheLocks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would absolutely love to get to know you. Olivia, this case had my peepers rolled back in the back of my head. I need a palate cleanser. Do you have a five star review for us?
3: I do. This week's five star review comes from Trine B. They said, I typically enjoy delving into a thrilling book, but this podcast has me hooked. The short on time episodes are the perfect length between dropping off my kindergartner at school and returning back home. I look forward every week to hearing new episodes. The only downfall is that I'm spending way too much on new outfits for my one-year-old daughter from Great Lakes Kids Apparel. My husband is just happy less Amazon boxes are arriving at our doorstep. Keep up the good work. So thank you. I think it's Trenay B, T-R-E-N-A-E-B uh for leaving us that five star review. And I also think that the Great Lakes Kids Apparel clothes are super cute. Millie wears a bunch of them and one of our like ultimate listeners works for them. So shout out.
4: Yeah, shout out definitely the Great Lakes kids' apparel. They were one of our like very early supporters when we started the show. And yes, Lauren is amazing. I mean she's just part of the Chuck Locks family. Uh like like so many people but you know, we just, I don't know, Lauren will text with us. And, you know, when, uh, when my grandmother passed away, Lauren reached out to like, make sure that I was okay. And so Lauren, we love you. We love Great Lakes Kids Apparel. Keep shopping there. I, that promo code still works. Keep using it. And just like Olivia said, Millie's actually outgrowing a lot of her Great Lakes Kids Apparel stuff. And I mean, she wears it every day. So we're definitely going to have to be placing a new order because Someone is turning five, five. this weekend. So yes. it's a good time to, for us to restock some new dresses and stuff like that. But, Trine, thank you for taking the time to leave us that review. We would love to get you some stuff out of I it. Mean, we talk about it every week. These reviews, they help us get into other shows' recommendations. They help... New listeners find the show. They help us to grow our community. And ultimately, that's the only thing that, you know, we're really looking to do. So you leaving that review really helps us to do that. Reach out to us again. Find us on Twitter. Check the locks. Instagram, check the locks pod. If you're in our Facebook group, you can holler at us there. We would love to get you some stickers. We got buttons. We got all sorts of stuff. And if you're not a social person, that's totally fine. Head over to checkthelockspod.com. Click the email button. Send us an email button. You can get a hold of us that way as well. Olivia, if somebody wants to have their five-star review read on the show, what is the best way to do that?
3: They need to go to the Apple Podcast app, go to our show's homepage, scroll all the way to where you see the five stars, click all five stars, and leave us a little bit of love and tell us what you like about the podcast. And we might read yours next week.
4: And exactly, Olivia always says it best so that I don't have to. That's Apple Podcasts. If you need a cheat code, there's a link in the description of the show that you're listening to right now. Click that link, it'll take you right there. Also, if you listen on Spotify, you can leave comments on episodes. So if you like an episode, want to leave some feedback, drop us a comment there. We'd love to read those as well. And speaking of checkthelockspod.com, don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you hear your voice, what you think of the show, checktheloxpod.com, click the little microphone button, leave us a voicemail. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks and this terrible voice, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash locks. get signed up today. Got a lot of great tiers, a lot of great benefits, exclusive stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all things that you can only get for being a patron. So, you also get the episodes ad free and early. So, if you like Check the Locks, but you hate commercials, Patreon is the way to go. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. Get signed up today. And if you cannot financially support the show, we definitely understand. Just listening, hanging out with us every week, and sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So, if that is you, You're listening, you're letting people know to check out this weird little podcast. Just know that we appreciate it more than we could ever tell you. Again, that is going to help us grow, get in front of new listeners, and really, again, just build our community. So we appreciate you so very much. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying true crime case. But until then, don't forget
3: to... Check the locks. See you next week. Hi. Bye. Scary
4: voice.
3: Papers?
4: papers. Where'd you get those papers?
5: Where'd you get?